Welcome to another episode of Close Talking. I am your East Coast co-host, Jack Rossiter-Munley. And I'm your Midwest... Mid, Midwest host. Midwest toast host. Midwest host who likes toast. Power back from our track. The Midwest yeah. host with the most. There we go. We have come together today to discuss the poem United by Naomi... How do you say her name, Connor? By Naomi Shihab Nye. Here it is. Uh, she is the daughter of Palestinian refugees, uh, born in St. Louis, Missouri, grew up between Jerusalem and Texas, and was pretty well known by the time that 9-11 happened, but particularly since 9-11 has become a very powerful Arab-American voice. She writes poems and fiction for both adults and kids, and is just an all-round special lady. So this is a poem by her. I don't know if you have any pearls of wisdom about her biography. No, no. Uh, just that she's, um, yeah, I think she's sort of in the contemporary canon of if you're learning creative writing or English in uh, a college class, you are likely to happen upon a uh, poem of hers. Yep, she's she made her way in there. It's pretty cool. So today's poem is called United. United. When sleepless, it's helpful to meditate on mottos of the states. South Carolina, while I breathe, I hope. Perhaps this could be the new flag on the empty flagpole. Or I direct from Maine. Why? Because Maine gets the first sunrise? How bossy, Maine! Kansas, to the stars through difficulties. Clackety wagon wheels, long, long land, and the droning press of heat. Cool stars. Relief. In Arkansas, the people rule. Lucky you. Idaho, let it be perpetual. Now this is strange. Idaho, what is your it? Who chooses these lines? How many contenders? What would my motto be tonight? Entangled sheets. Texas, friendship, now boasts the open carry law. Wisconsin, where my mother's parents are buried, chose forward. New Mexico, it grows as it goes. Now this is scary. Two dangling its? This does not represent that glorious place. West Virginia, mountaineers are always free. Really? Washington, you're wise. What could be better than by and by? Oklahoma must be tired. Labor conquers all things. Oklahoma, get together with Nevada, who chose only industry as motto. I think of Nevada as a playground, or mostly empty. How wrong we are about one another. For Alaska to pick north to the future seems odd. Where else are they going? Woo! Nice. Um, yeah, this is such a funny one. Well, I really like this poem because it's as funny as it is rich with meaning. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, what talk you you pick this one? Um, talk to me a little about your your thoughts. My main thought is that I wasn't 
quite sure what direction I should go in with this poem because I think there's a whole lot of them suggested and I was particularly curious to pick over it with you and suss out the meaning that's going on beneath the easily accessible funny surface because and the subject matter are both good for humor and the content is such that it just demands a deeper reading because yeah. it's like She's essentially doing this thought experiment and self-commentary and reflection in lieu of counting sheep. She can't sleep at night, and so she starts mulling over state mottos, which, pretty impressive to have those all off the top of your head. Way to go. That's pretty <laughs> neat. Uh, you're like 50 states up on me, because I know approximately one state motto. Uh, but it's interesting to me because... She's obviously very carefully constructing, not just for humor, but also for thematic depth, which states go next to which in the poem and what her little personal aside is about each one. The Texas with the open carry law and the motto of friendship stands out. But there's a lot of other ones that also, you know, South Carolina with an empty flagpole is, I think, referencing taking down Confederate flags. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of different little things going on. And in general, the questioning of what she sees as the somewhat separating and limiting idea of these mottos dividing the states when the title of the poem is United, I think there's an implied reading about, you know, and a lot of her comments on these mottos is drawing out what is silly about them, both for the state itself and just in general is like, what is this statement? Um, yeah. Rose yeah. as it goes. Now this is scary. Two dangling its. This does not represent that glorious place. This is not New Mexico. Who would ever yeah. say this about New Mexico? You know, like look at this imprecise and backwards and silly language. Um, yeah. So that was my sort of first reading through it. And as I said, because she's calling out the funny parts, but doing it with themes and with content that necessitates a deeper reading and a deeper reading that I think she is signaling the person engaging with her work to, I was particularly interested to sort of dig into it. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so this poem must have been written recently, right? Like fairly, because that, that South Carolina reference, that's specifically referencing, was it Bree Newsom who, who climbed and took down the flag uh, the Confederate flag in South Carolina. So that yes, that was only last year or two years ago, tops. Uh, very recently. And very sort of recently. precipitated the, went along with, it was in the wake of the Charleston shootings. Yeah, that's right. That sort of kick-started this push to remove Confederate flags or state flags that incorporate the Confederate flag or Confederate flag imagery to have them removed or revised to better reflect not that part of history. Yeah. Or not even not reflect, but not lionize. Yeah. Right. Not, yeah. Um, yeah, no, okay. So that's very interesting. I mean, yeah, the first thing I think about, uh, so the United as the title is, you know, it's sort of a clear irony to A, the country does not seem united in this poem. Also, the statements are not only not united in terms of their content, but incoherent uh, in their content. And so that seems to be like what, what 
initial work the title is doing. Um, there's a great, I actually looked up, she does a reading of this poem uh, to some audience I found a recording of, which we should put on the, the link. Um, she sort of changes, it must be, it makes sense that it's new because the, there's a couple lines that are gone and a couple that are different, but uh, yeah, it gets some good laughs. And the end, the way she intones it is, is interesting. She's like, for Alaska to pick north to the future seems odd. Where else are they going? Oh, I she like really that. It's like they. It's <laughs> like Alaska's all the way, way up north. So why would they go anywhere else? And also, they're not really anywhere in the future. Or and they don't seem like the kind of people who are going anywhere. Quick. Yeah. Conceptual yeah. or literal. Yeah. Elected Sarah Palin. <laughs> Perhaps yeah. unfair to Alaska. Alaskan listeners, we love you. We value you. And your state is super cool. But yeah you know there's there's critiques for all of us new york's motto where i am right now is excelsior ever upward oh my god what is minnesota is the state of the north or also translated as i long to see what is beyond Mm. oh no the star of the north i'm sorry the star of the north yeah well okay so the the other thought too that i like in terms of premises is it's like um, which I find myself harping on this podcast a little bit about just like, what can poems do? And it's a great question and fascinating to sort of investigate. It's true there. And there are many answers. And so this one is in some ways we often talk about poems, uh, using ordinary language and imbuing it with uh, poetic resonance or, you know, whatever. Um, and this is sort of using, and, and for example, we, uh, we also talked about um, Sashadri's uh, nursing home, where the medical language was used um, sort of in a, in a poem jarring poetic way. And here we have a deliberate uh, plucking of the state, like institutional language or governmental language. Uh, to describe itself and critiquing it there with uh, which a poem I think has kind of uh, a, a nice space to do in, in the same way that it can do it with other kinds of language. So I, I was enjoying that. Yeah, and, and there's a clear, um, you know, there are clear po- political uh, critiques that come out. Uh, the South Carolina, While I Breathe, I Hope, Perhaps this could be the new flag on the empty flagpole. That also makes me think of uh, Eric Garner, I Can't Breathe, uh, While I Breathe, I Hope. And the in Arkansas, the people rule, lucky you. Uh, and that's, yeah, there's like, okay, we, that's not the case. You know, the critique is that's not the case everywhere else. Not that it's really the case in Arkansas. I think that's um, some of what she's getting at, though, is the yeah. people rule. Lucky you, like doubling down on the sarcasm. Great that you think that that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, who are the people? And she doubles down on that by then calling out Idaho. Let it be perpetual. Now, this is strange. Idaho, what is your it? Who chose these lines? How many contenders? The question of what that it is, let it be perpetual. Is that the status quo, status quo where there's rampant inequality and... American white supremacy. Yeah. Is that what you're calling your it? Idaho is a legendarily conservative state in recent years. Uh, and picking out 
not just what is your it, but who chose those lines, how many contenders, who's making the decisions about what these lines are reflects back to the people rule. Lucky you. This is such an accessible, like everyone knows that there's a state motto, but no one knows what the state mottos are. So it's a great opportunity for new sort of language to be exposed that that is still like accessible in terms of like we all know what's going on um but she also yeah i love her like her frustration with all the it's she's got the yeah let it be perpetual what is your it and then <laughs> new mexico it grows as it goes too dangly it's now this is scary which yeah is pretty uh i mean i get I feel like I have a dirty mind personally, but I don't know what's being referred to there, but it is like, what is the state saying? I don't know, where does that? The, I, uh, I believe it's referring to the state dong. <laughs> She's not bothered by a lack of specificity though, because just a couple mm. lines later, she says, Washington, you're wise. What could be better than by and by? Which yeah. is interesting, because it's a little couplet. Yeah. So it's sonically separated out from what's going on around it. And it's also the least specific of all the mottos, except for maybe industry in Nevada. Though I looked up Nevada's motto, and apparently it's all for our country. So I'm not sure about that one. I, I could be wrong, that. but that's what my internet investigation dug up. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so yeah, what do you think about the Washington one? Because that one did stick out. That's literally the only one that she doesn't seem to be like critical of or if she is it's the least mean criticism kansas oh she's also pretty keen on kansas kansas to the stars through difficulties oh. clackety wagon wheels long long land and the droning press of heat cool stars relief that's true which has an internal heat and relief half rhyme which sort of ties it in with the the washington full couplet rhyme yeah no that's so right um, yeah, and I love, I love that. It sounds so good. Um, yeah, and it's interesting to think about the use of sound in a, in a poem that actually is fairly lax in terms of its sound most places. Like, there's a lot of very colloquial, like, how bossy Maine and, uh, get together with Nevada who chose only da-da-da. Um, this seems odd. And then to throw in those really nice moments. Uh, Wisconsin sort of gets a nice moment too, because she says, Wisconsin, where my mother's parents are buried, chose forward. That's right. There's a okay. little bit of irony there, I guess, in that when you're dead, you're not moving anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But at that the same time, it's a more poignant critique than mm -hmm. the other ones that are just straight out played for, for laughs. Yeah. That's right. So we have Kansas, Wisconsin, Washington. But why by and by? What's the what's the appeal? What's the wisdom of that? Um, unlike a lot of them, it's willing to move. I want to say forward, but that's Wisconsin, which also gets kind of a kinder treatment. And Kansas has also got forward momentum to the stars through difficulties. That's getting to something good through something challenging. Wisconsin, forward. 
Washington, by and by, you're not tied to the past. You're not linked to this vision of what was or looking nostalgically back to something that never was, but you wish for it's by and by. Right, right. And that that makes sense. And that's a good way to uh, also consider Kansas to the stars through difficulties. There's the aspiration of reaching to the stars but it's like, it's gonna be hard. Um, and that, that seems to be, yeah, one of the few that has kind of toughness as a, or, or pain or suffering as a essential component to its motto, right? And the ones she challenges are ones that seem to indicate everything's okay now, or everything will be okay if we don't do anything. It grows as it goes it will keep getting bigger, the same thing moving forward. It's not by and by, it's just keep on going and it'll be fine. And the same can be said for the people rule or let it be perpetual. That's saying whatever is now is fine. Tying into the by and by, you can't move forward under some kind of explicit direction. There's a certain kind of authority to all of these statements, of course, but I direct from Maine she calls out as why. So it's not like you can just push forward through the government or the current established institutions just telling you how to move forward. You have to challenge them and you have to be fluid. There has to be a certain level of buy-in to change. And that's where the buy and buy comes from. Uh, and that's, I think, part of why she calls out what seems like a perfectly nice one of friendship but friendship's not enough. You can't just be friendly when you're also making open carry laws and putting sort of a nice face on bad stuff. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. This is totally a tangent, but I am reminded of the industry one. Um, Trenton in New Jersey, uh, their motto, on the, which is on their huge bridge, is... Trenton makes, the world takes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Which is so good. It's, it's like really good. Like what a bitter, <laughs> like motto for it. Just bitterness is just imbued in that city's. <laughs> it's just like we're doing all this industrial work, and you got you just grub it all away. I love the link to the industry and I love that Oklahoma and Nevada are put together because the reason Oklahoma's uh, motto is labor conquers all is because they have such a strong union history and such a strong history as a labor state and with actually something of a socialist history. And so the idea that labor conquers all should get together with industry is powerful in terms of a, some of the context that we've been talking about of her critiques is that industry would be horribly exploitative without labor unions giving us a five-day work week and an eight-hour work day. Labor needs to get together with industry. Forces of change and forces of progress need to get together with these entrenched forces to move anything forward. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and also with Oklahoma must be tired that uh, then I read a reference to just like all the union 
cracking and just the weakening of the union since you know the 80s and such and the um, fact that oklahoma is now a very conservative state in several elections general presidential elections i believe it has been the most conservative state or close to it's a, yeah. it's a whole part of actually western american history that there are these strong labor and union histories that are completely erased both in the way that the present treats them and in the way that we reflect on the history of the West. We don't think about the industrial natural resource exploitation. The West is often just a mythological space for people. They, the reference points are these particularly Western films and TV shows that do not engage at all with what was actually going on. All of the people who got sick and died in copper and silver mines, people who were poisoned because chemicals from different plants ran off into their drinking water. That part of Western history is often just erased. And so I think it's great that she's calling out Oklahoma, labor conquers all, because that state motto is one that points to something. States like Montana as well, Utah, have this as a deep part of the history of the people who live there that is completely ignored by most of the country. Yeah. It's interesting that she never gets to what her motto would be. Her like narrative frame is very loose. It's like the first line, she's like, you're sleepless, helpful to meditate on the mottos of states. And I'm like, like you said, seems implausible. You don't know that many mottos. You're looking some stuff up for this poem. What if you do, and this is the way you do it, aren't you like more riled up by the end? You seem like you're getting a little bit salty. That's true. Yeah, this is dates. And she is like, she's tangled in the sheets. She's restless. And there's a restlessness in the poem that comes through. Yeah. But like as an activity to calm you down, this does not seem to be the one. I don't know how you normally calm down. Maybe it's by getting irate about contemporary political issues. <laughs> I know. I like that you call it the framing device because it reminded me, also the tone of it a little bit reminds me of the kind of thing that Billy Collins does where he'll take this super relatable moment that yeah. everybody's had. And then he goes on to like a little do do funny yeah. thoughts. Like <laughs> the lanyard is a great example, right? Like everybody makes weird crafts when they're kids and gives them to their parents. Yeah. Reflecting on that, but also, you know, my mother gave me life and all this stuff. And I gave yeah. her a lanyard, you know, <laughs> we all gave our moms like spaghetti necklaces or some <laughs> nonsense kid gift. That's totally true. Not Shout all, out. but many people have done that. Yeah, no, that's totally right. That is totally right. Um, what do you think about the line, how wrong are we are about one another? Um, so I, I understand that generally, you know, it's not like an opaque sentiment. There's a misunderstanding between people. But in the context of the poem and, and the fact that it happens um, the third to last line of a fairly many line poem. So it's, it's kind of, I mean, to me, it seems like, you know, she ends with the Alaska, where else are they going as the kind of joke. So there's the sort of the joke thread and the serious thread. And it feels like how wrong we are about one another is the conclusion of, of the more serious um, 
thread that she's taking on. And I was wondering sort of what, how you were reading that. I take it as the button to the point that I was making earlier about this history of the West that get er that gets erased. Because if you look at the classical Western as a literary genre, which is then what gives birth to these films and TV shows that become how a lot of people think and feel about the West, it was a bunch of guys from the East Coast who went on trips to the West, had these feelings about it, and then wrote about it. And so the myth of the West gets written over the reality of the West. and people in the East think of the West as a playground, a place where someone who is one of the big tropes in the Western is that someone who is raw and unformed goes out into the West and returns. Usually it's a boy who goes into the wilderness of the West and returns a hardened man. And there's plenty of times that you, you see this show up. And so when she says, I think of Nevada as a playground or mostly empty, I read that as when I think about Nevada, I think about Las Vegas and deserts. And really, when you've got Oklahoma with a labor history and Nevada talking about its industrial history, you have this hidden component, how wrong we are about one another. When we think about you know, what, get, what gets labeled as the flyover states, we have these ideas that we write on to what they contain. And particularly for her, from her perspective as someone who is Arab, who goes into these spaces and might not feel comfortable. There is this deep progressive history in a lot of Western states. There is this more complex history in these places, how wrong we are to just assume so much about them, how wrong we are to think of Nevada as nothing more than a playground in Las Vegas and a desert when there are people with these deep histories there. So that's where I go with it. Um, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and it's, yeah, it's interesting to think about it that way. Cause that there's a lot of the voice is hilarious, but it, it does often, you know, for most of it come from a place of like, I'm the kind of smug enlightened poet. Who's like poking fun at all this dumb stuff. And I'm like, yeah, this is for sure dumb. But there, that line is like when she when, the fact that it comes after that i think of nevada as a playground or mostly empty that is a moment of sort of self critique about her own assumptions too um and and also draws attention to uh, the fact that part of the poem is interested in examining how states are defining themselves so like and the problems that they have sort of declaring this is who we are as Texas when clearly they're not, but also it has to do with like um, our own assumptions about each other state depending on where we're from. And the idea that these mottos in some ways are far too reductive to give any real understanding of the states, the self-critique extends to the entire exercise at that point. And right. all of these mottos become even sillier in that moment. And then she introduces another motto, one that she thinks is silly, and it sort of sets you, it sets you up for that ending. Yeah, totally. Anything else? Shall we read it again? I think we gotta read it again. All right. United. When sleepless, it's helpful to meditate on mottos of the states. South Carolina, while I breathe, I hope. Perhaps this could be the new flag on the empty flagpole. Or, I direct from Maine. Why? Because Maine gets the first sunrise? 
How bossy, Maine. Kansas, to the stars through difficulties. Clackety wagon wheels, long, long land, and the droning press of heat. Cool stars, relief. In Arkansas, the people rule. Lucky you. Idaho, let it be perpetual. Now this is strange. Idaho, what is your it? Who chose these lines? How many contenders? What would my motto be tonight in tangled sheets? Texas, friendship, now boasts the open carry law. Wisconsin, where my mother's parents are buried, chose forward. New Mexico, it grows as it goes. Now this is scary. Two dangling its? This does not represent that glorious place. West Virginia, mountaineers are always free. Really? Washington, you're wise. What could be better than by and by? Oklahoma must be tired. Labor conquers all things. Oklahoma, get together with Nevada, who chose only industry as motto. I think of Nevada as a playground, or mostly empty. How wrong we are about one another. For Alaska to pick north to the future seems odd. Where else are they going? Sweet. Did the poet's little inflection there. It's <laughs> a little tryout. Love it. That does it for this episode of Close Talking. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to stay up to date on the latest Close Talking news or find old episodes, be sure to check out iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, where you can subscribe to Close Talking. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash close talking, or on Twitter at Jack Rossiter Munn for me, at Hot Sauce Boxed for Connor, and at Close Talking for the show. If you have thoughts on this conversation, different readings of this poem, or any of the other poems we've discussed, or if you have suggestions for poems that you'd like us to talk about in the future, please send us an email at closetalkingpoetry at gmail.com. <laughs>